Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we ask Thomas Frank Carr your questions. If you want to ask a question for T. Frank, and by the way, it's off season, so we're getting a little low on questions. It's a good time to send in your question. Good chance it'll be asked on the air. Download our app. Just search Keystone Sports. Get the app. You'll see the nice Ask T. Frank button. And of course, like every week, if it's your question that's deemed the best question, you get a prize. This week's prize is a copy of the book, Why Penn State by Greg Woodman. We had Greg on a couple weeks ago. Really interesting guy. By the way, Greg was the guy who started the the Joe Paterno cutout, you know, stand-up Joe Paternos. Those were horrifying. Those were the ultimate prank in college because you could put them in the bathroom. You could put them behind somebody's dorm room door, like, and they just popped out like they were a uh, like they were a, a horror film character. They, <laughs> that happened to me more than once. <laughs> That's not what they were designed for. I, I I think they were designed for tailgate parties. That's what, oh, yeah. or weddings. I've had. Several Penn State people get married, and then the Joe Paterno uh, cutout shows up for that. But anyway, Greg wrote a book called Why Penn State. It's a fantastic book. I read it in, in one sitting. Uh, it, it specifically talks about the decade of the 80s, so eventful in the Penn State football history. couple national championships, by the way. You could order your copy by going to whypennstate.com. It's also available at Amazon, probably everywhere else that you could get books. Or you could send a question in, send the best question, and you'll also win the book. So let's get started, T. Frank. Let's go with Mike in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, who says, Hey, T. Frank, enjoying your careful film study. Wondering if Penn State could improve its running game with more pitches, quick handoffs, sweeps, and decisive off-tackle runs. It seems as if very few of these are called anymore in favor of delayed mesh point indecision and plunges into the crowded middle. What do you think, T. Frank? Uh, well, first off, I think that our level of questions is already better than last week. I was going to say something about we need to step it up because last week was not a great crop of questions. This one's great. Uh, yes, I, I think that more, uh, so this is, this is a delicate balance. This is a delicate balance because in 2019, Penn State had this, this pitch play I loved. It was a power pitch where it's a read between the quarterback and the running back. And it, uh, Noah Kane was very good at this where um, you know there's a puller coming around the outside, and really the setup is for the quarterback to run the football. But if they overcommit to where the run action is going, you have Noah Kane out in the flat against either a corner, a slot corner, or maybe a safety that's coming filling in late. And they did a great job of creating plays out there. There are plays in this, in this playbook that I've seen from Oklahoma State and from Ohio State where there are direct handoffs 
The problem is Penn State's offense, offensive line couldn't handle it last year, and the tight ends especially couldn't handle outside zone blocking. And I know I've I've harped on this probably too much. Like I might be overstating the importance of one particular run scheme because as long as one of them works and you have something that you can go to the well with and you you just know is going to be reasonably effective, you don't need to run everything. But that's what you would get with the outside zone is you would get more plays threatening outside of the tackle box because in a lot of man blocking and a lot of inside zone, which, by the way, are kind of the same thing. All of it's going to the A-gap. It's all just plunging into the middle. It's all just running into a brick wall. And if you don't have a center, especially, and offensive linemen on the interior that work well together to get those combo blocks and those double teams and your running backs don't read it right, then you got a problem. Then you got what you had last season. Now, again, the, the running back has a part of this. Reading the linebackers, making them wrong. That's also a part of their job is to have them commit and then go to the other hole. But if there's not another hole, there's nothing for them to do. So it's a lot of different moving pieces. And when James Franklin says it's all of it, like that's what he doesn't want to get into of like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the things that go into it. But I do think that there is room in this offense and it would benefit from a little bit more of a diverse point of attack outside, inside, and not just with jet sweeps, not just with the, the receivers running the ball. All right, next up is Dan from Briar Creek, PA. Do you know where Briar Creek is, uh, T. Frank? No idea. Sounds like it's not a fun creek to be in, though. It's a suburb of Berwick. Gotcha. With briars all around the creek. Or as we say, crick. It's Briar yeah. Creek, but it's a crick running through it. Anyway, let's get to Dan's question. He says, with the change in Sam linebacker strategy half safety, half linebacker. Who gets pulled when they go true nickel and Daquan Hardy comes in? Jonathan Sutherland, yeah. So this is something I've had the conversation on on my show about before. Of um, Daquan Hardy is a really good slot corner. He is one of their starters. Terry Smith uh, has said that this offseason. He's one of the best corners on the team. But the idea of running this this type of defense and it's you know this striker position whether it's a true five two nickel or not if it's a safety if it's some sort of hybrid the idea is that you've got your sub packages your main package you don't need to substitute but Jonathan Sutherland's skills are not to play in single coverage or to play in deep coverage if it was he would still be at safety so he is very much more of a linebacker then he is a safety and skill ability. And that's the really the semantics that James Franklin is talking about moving him to linebacker. That tells me he's not going to have any deep responsibility whatsoever, even as a former safety, unless there's some like wrinkle. They're, they're throwing something out there that's just, you know, a, a trick. Um, so it would be Sutherland. But going forward, is that still the case? Or are they going to find slot hybrid players that don't have to come off the field? That's the thing I'm interested in, and it's Manny Diaz going to be here long enough that that's the case. Um, so, so that would be, it's pretty much the same as it was before. In that sense, the structure of the defense is very much the same. Got it. All right, let's go to Randy in Fairfax, Virginia, who says, conversations about this team always seem to center around the offense. Am I the only one concerned about the loss of talent on the defense to the NFL? I don't think it will be easy to replace Brisker and Ibikidi. What do you think, T. Frank? I think he's right. 
I think that's a, a very fair point. I would say that I would have thought that about Brisker until I saw Wheatley and Jalen Reed. And I don't think there's been a better defensive back to play at Penn State that I've seen than Brisker. But in the aggregate, can you replace him? Maybe. Um, I, I think you're going to be good at that position. You're going to be stable at that position. So I that's why I'm a little more positive about the defense. But pass rush is the number one thing to me. I agree. I don't know what Adisa Isaac is. He's got two, like four career sacks. And I don't need sacks to know something, but like he's been inconsistent with his pressure because he's been inconsistent of being on the football field. And that's a pretty important thing. He's 240 pounds, 245 pounds. That's not... Arnold Lebekiti is 250, and, and the reason he wasn't a first-round pick is because he was too small for the NFL. So I, I got to see some stuff from, from Isaac first, and I, I know I'm probably lower than everybody else because of the way uh, Isaac's been talked up his whole career, but that makes me nervous that only certain guys play at that weight and are able to be consistently effective. Shaka Tony, it took him like five years to get there. And, uh, you know, uh, Adisa Isaac's a bigger player, longer frame, more of the traditional size, but he's not big. Uh, and then you've got two guys coming in, in Damian Robinson and in Deny Dennis Sutton. One of them played Sam linebacker, essentially, last year. A, a hybrid position of a pass rusher and, and a cover corner or cover Sam linebacker. And then the other one is a true freshman. So... Which one of those guys hits? Which one of those guys it becomes your number two pass rusher? Or is there some combination of those two that becomes that guy? Because James Franklin said, I asked him during spring practice, how do you feel about your edge pressure? You can get pressure on inside with some of the guys you have there, but what about edge pressure? And he, he said, yes, that's the area we need to improve. A week later, Damian Robinson had committed to Penn State for Maryland. So the answer is not currently on the roster on campus and wasn't there for spring in my estimation. So that's a big problem that they've got to get that part up to speed so that then the secondary is not hung out to dry and it gives those young players time to learn and be good before they're exposed. And Manny Diaz defense, he talks about it. Uh, the, the rush is quarterback pressure yeah. is the best defense. He says, so obviously it's important to him also. Yeah. Let's go to Larry in Bowlesburg, who says, T. Frank, who is the player on the Penn State roster that you think is underrated and overlooked but will have an impact this season? And, T. Frank, did we talk about him uh, during our break here? Uh, well, so the, the reason I'm laughing is because there's, uh, there's so – like, I've talked – so many hours this offseason that there's no such thing as an underrated overlooked player to me because I've I think I've said all of their names at least five times. Um you know, Jordan Vandenberg is the one I, I think that you know it it again, I've talked about him so much that is that underrated and is the is well, the number two at the position. Other, maybe maybe you're not underrating him, but other people are. And by the way, T Frank, say it. If you want to say it, just put it out there. You've got a man crush there. Oh, for it's sure. It's okay to say it out loud. For sure, yes. Uh, absolutely, that's the case. I have a man crush on Jordan Vandenberg. Uh, so the, the the question is then, I need to know more about how they're planning on using the players of that position because that'll dictate how much he's used. Is 
are they going full three technique? Like they just want pass rushers and speed guys. Cause then you've got Izzard, Beeman and Durant that are all that thing. And then on the more run stuffing stuffing side, you've got Mustafer, who I don't think is going to be a huge factor until maybe midway through the season. You've got Ellie's and Vandenberg. So if there is a positional differentiation, he's the number two on one side. If there isn't, he might be number three or four given what they're asking of that team in that particular position. What I saw from him is that he can do what Manny Diaz wants, which is absolutely destroy the offensive game plan by being annoying in your gap. Push the guy, get upfield, penetration, quickness, and violence. I can see all of those things from him. I can see him doing that. So, yeah, that, that would be the guy. T. Frank, we need a winner. You know what? This I wish we could have had two or three of these questions last week because these were all great. Uh, but I'm going to go with Mike. I thought Mike's question really set the tone for the day. Very good. Mike, our leadoff hitter and MVP. We'll get in contact with you, Mike, about your book, Why Penn State. That is it for quarter number three. Thank you, T. Frank. Stick around. Quarter number four, we're going to be talking some recruiting. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. <laughs> 